0: This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello, and welcome to the Stillness Everyday Podcast. My name is Herodotus, and this podcast exists to help you find stillness in all aspects of your life. In finance, in health, in mindset and in your relationships. I created this business because I believe that if you can develop the ability to find stillness in your mind, you will learn to create harmony in all aspects of your life. Find us at Stillness Every Day on social media or stillnesseveryday.com. A lot of people ask me how they can get started with meditating. Now, my first experience with meditation was at a Vipassana retreat, which is 10 days in silence. But I understand this isn't practical for most people. That's why we created the Stillness Everyday Journal. This journal has a range of prompts, which allow you to not only create your day, but reflect on your day at the end of it. The journal also has a range of audible meditations, which are perfect for beginners. Check out stillnesseveryday.com. All right, welcome back to Stillness Everyday Podcast. Today, I've got Peter on. Peter is a holistic health... Practitioner is that what you'd call it? Yeah, I'd call
1: it holistic health practitioner, check practitioner. I'm anatomy trained, structural body worker,
0: yeah. yoga teacher. Depends what hat I yeah. feel like putting on for the day. That's that's how I feel sometimes. Just came back from Harvey Bay and construction site and putting a podcast hat on. So, <laughs> so let's let's start talking. I'm really interested to talk about the yoga and the check and how they correlate because I've you know I've had, heard mixed things from people who are obviously fanatical about yoga and then people who just kind of really don't agree with any of it. Let's talk a bit about your background and how you got to kind of check and you're obviously a yoga teacher trainer first, I imagine. Mm,
1: yeah, so
0: long story short, I was
1: actually an electrician in the oil and gas industry. Oh, no so yeah, I was working as electrical instrumentation technician for yeah, pretty much the number one company in Australia. And it got to a point in my life where it was like I was earning so much money but didn't know what to do. Mm. And I had this innate calling I guess you'd say, where it was like, I need to go do something else. And for some reason, I was called to go and train under Lauren. So she ran Zenco Yoga at Mm. Bedina and Maruchidor, Noosa and Blah Blah at the time. Um, They had put out like a yoga teacher training ad. And I was like, man, this is it. I got to do it. And just essentially dove straight in. So that was like six months, every second weekend, 200 hours. Yeah. Like life-changing experience.
0: Lauren, it's funny you say that because Lauren actually really helped my early stage of like moving into a, um, you know, just spirituality because I was started at uh, Bedina probably 2012, I reckon, or 2013. Mm. And like I used to stay back after yoga and just ask her all these questions and. Yeah, she was good.
1: She was a special human. Yeah. Yeah, special human. Yeah, it was, I, I think like even after everything that had happened last year, I think like the word that comes to mind is just grateful that I got the opportunity to actually train under her. Mm. Like you hear people that go through the yoga teacher training and it might just be the cookie cutter approach where they jam the students in, you know, you go for like that 30 days. It's an intensive. But the way that Zenko had designed it was essentially every second weekend. So it allows you that space to actually go and grow you yep. need time to integrate the teachings all of the ethical principles that come along with yoga like the yamas and the niyamas things like uh contentment you know santosha discipline which translates to tapasaparagraha which is like non-attachment to all things satya which translate to truthfulness in all aspects of our life you it, you know what it's like to change like it takes a long time to change and um the way that she had structured her yoga teacher training was like in all forms of growth, I guess you'd mm. say, where you can actually go and, and you can embody the practice. And what I'd done is back to, I guess, like how we got started. I, I'd quit my job um, working for this particular company. So I was all in. I was all in on yoga. It was the only thing I was doing. Um, I was sitting pretty well in terms of, um, in, in, in terms of like, you know, cash from, from yeah. crypto and things like that. So my life was literally training uh, yoga You're talking morning, afternoon, sometimes lunchtime, sometimes I've been doing a double in the evening. Um, It was a a full embodied year of the Mm. practice. At the end of that year, I become a teacher um, and there was only one position in, in Zenco available. Um, so, I just decided to just be like, you know what? Like, I- I'm pretty nervous teaching. Like, it- it's a big thing. You're teaching a spiritual practice that's 5,000 years old, that, you know, translated from India. I'm just going to do it and I'm going to go for it and I'm just going to see what happens. And, um, and that then essentially led me into Czech. And that le- led me from working with Callan, uh, owner of uh, Corrective Culture, who I now work out of their space. Uh, which has essentially been a, a dream come true. And, and my job now, I, I guess how we tied onto that is I tie the two worlds together for people. I tie the the yoga philosophy uh, into uh, holistic health. So the six foundations when I'm working with people on an everyday basis now are thinking, breathing and movement for our yang principles and hydration, nutrition and sleep for our yin principles. One of the the major pillars that I always come back to is any person that has ever come and seen me they're out of balance within within one of those foundations. Yeah. So, uh, check for those listening stands for corrective holistic exercise kinesiology, which just translates to the development of the human being, in my
0: opinion. Cool, that's awesome. Mm. Before we go a bit further, I want to touch on the the principles of the yoga because I haven't heard them before. I mean, I probably have, but the non attachment and all of those things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So these are um, in yoga philosophy. There's a, there's a book called the Yamas and the Niyamas. And their internal and external observations about oneself. So, a paragraha means essentially non attachments. So that could be you come into this world as a pure being, and along the way, we attach ourselves to coffee, to alcohol, to sex, to drugs, big house, money, all of these things. Yoga teaches you these types of principles to come back to one's true self. Um, Satya is another one, so this is one that resembles, I think, quite well um, within the yoga community. I'm sure you've heard the saying before, the truth sets you free. Um, So that would relate to how can I act more truthfully in, in every aspect of my life? Uh, where in my life am I not living my absolute truth? So for me at that point in my life, I I was earning more money than I knew what to do with, but I wasn't happy, I wasn't fulfilled. My dharma or my deepest purpose, as someone would say that comes from the yogic background, wasn't being fulfilled. I wasn't in alignment with who I truly was. So I had to come back to my own sense of my own truth. Contentment, um, there's a range of, of different ethical principles that, that we can come back to tapas which translates to discipline i mean i've spoken to you so much before in the past about things like how a man's role in life is to to Mm. to to act in a way that requires discipline Mm. and that could be getting up every day early that could be jumping in a cold plunge that could be doing the saunas Mm. all of these ethical principles and guidelines they come back to yogic philosophy yeah so each one of my classes i taught over 300 classes i would tie back to one of the only one of these principles yep. and ancient yogis would say you could spend your entire life just trying to perfect just
0: one just and it kind of makes sense like when you really think about it it's like it's deep i suppose the entire practice of Vipassana is like a it's a life after life challenge of just teaching yourself non-attachment to this reality or the things in this reality um, how do they teach in yoga? Like, how would what would be something that you would practice in the yoga practice to like practice non-attachment? I suppose so. Mm. Learning to not give into your cravings for coffee, or if you are, you know, just craving sex all the time, or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, you bring it into your awareness. Yeah, you you become aware of it. It's how it's our consciousness within ourselves is really formed. You become aware of your decisions and your choices. So then. You know if say if it 's a Saturday and we were in the studio and it was six thirty at night and we 'd been talking about all of these principles, so Saturday was oftentimes like philosophy, and then we would dive into like a little bit of a practice where we would split up into little groups and you 're teaching little segments, but not and eventually, with the idea of working up to teaching like a whole sixty minute class you, you then, 're then embodying that because you 're in a classroom full of thirty people, like I was the only male. In my yoga teach training, there was 26 women, three teachers, Lauren being one. How we started this discussion—it was, yeah, it was—it was such a transformational journey for me that that really led me to to doing exactly like what it is that I'm doing now, mm. and it it feels, it feels right, mm. you know, it it feels right. Yoga is like it's it's hard to explain to people that haven't gone through the process. It's in some sense sometimes like you're talking to a brick wall, but it's the, it's apart from psychedelics, Mm. apart from plant medicines, my time in Peru, Thailand, you know, I I traveled the world in my twenties. I'd, I'd never experienced a practice like yoga that took me that, that deeply into myself. And which is interesting now because I'm not actually teaching anymore. I'd, I'd come to a point in my life where I thought that you could only find consciousness within yoga and yoga was it, and yoga was the answer to all things. And it's actually not. Yoga isn't designed for everyone. It's, it's not for every single person out there. Sure, there are certain aspects, mindfulness, meditation, pranayama. Yeah, sure, but not yoga. Hypermobile people are oftentimes drawn to yoga because they're good at yoga. The people that need yoga are people like me. I'm oftentimes tight. You know, I'm stiff on what's called a bait and scale. So when people come in, when clients come in and see me for an assessment, we do a nine-point flexibility assessment to see what they need within their flexibility, stability, strength, and power program. Oftentimes, the people that love yoga don't actually need yoga. They just need aspects of yoga.
0: Yeah. Before we go into that bit, I want to talk more about the meditation part. Mm-hmm. Did you meditate or anything prior to being introduced to yoga?
1: I actually didn't. Yeah, med- meditation for me was, it became a part of the practice, yeah. yeah. It became an everyday, 20 minutes a day, like, ritual. Like, mm. you, you wake up, you meditate, and then you get on with your day. Mm. And, it, and it, after a while, it, it becomes a part of you, and you, you can't recognize yourself without it. And I know I've spoken to you about that before, where it's like you, you ebb and flow, as as time goes on like like there's been times over the last couple years like you know where i've lost meditation and i've had to go and get it back again and but it's interesting i was talking to someone the other day like in regards to meditation i'd love to get into the the vipassana and and your experience there but in terms of the i don't like to use this word like um often but the because it is it's it's part of enlightenment that you're receiving when you go into meditation um, the earlier gains were a little bit easier. And one thing that I found is the longer that I had been meditating for, the harder it was to access those types of gains. So the, the harder I had to work at it, yeah, if that right. makes sense. Yep, yep.
0: Well, they would teach you a Vipassana to, the moment you start trying to work for that, then you're craving. So you're actually degressing in your meditation mm. because you shouldn't crave any outcome in a, in a Vipassana meditation.
1: How cool is that? Yeah.
0: What was your experience like? Ten days. Which one? <laughs> How many have you done? Uh, I think I've done. I've done three, but I've done a bunch, a few sits, uh, a few serves, and a bunch of three days. Mm. Um, it just goes deeper every time. I remember I was talking to a mate uh, last, a mate that I'm doing semen retention with. Like a few of us have just agreed to do hundred days, and he last time I got to hundred days was last year, and then I did a sit. And it was so much deeper. Like my practice was more disciplined. Like every morning I was up at four. I wasn't missing sits. I was just, you know, sitting for the whole hour or hour and a half. I think I actually sat for two hours once consistently without moving. And I was just determined to be there and doing like, because it's it's kind of a very militant program. Like you're up at four, (laughs) you meditate till six, then you have brekkie, then you meditate till eight, then you have, I think, another group sit, and then a break, and then you meditate again till no, no. Then you know you meditate right up to eleven. Then you have lunch break. Then you have a break. Then you meditate till five. Have an hour break. Then you meditate till nine, pretty much. So non-stop meditating.
1: That is massive. And what what were your major takeaways from the ten days? Like, if, if you were to think from like day one when you walk in, only because I, t- I talk to my partner about it all the time. Like, she was actually saying to me the other day, like, she's feel as though she's due for another one. And she, she said to me, like, day one to day 10 is unrecognizable.
0: Yeah, you, you kind of, it's hard. I'm trying to pinpoint something because every day is different. There was one, one time I actually I wrote and like just to, just to read day to day. You're not meant to write, but I might, um, and I wouldn't recommend it. Maybe after you've done a couple, you can. But like, um, I wouldn't do it next time, mm. just for anyone listening, if you do do it. But to see your thoughts change from day to day was interesting. Definitely. Um,
1: because you're you're not eating animal protein in there either, are you? Like you're completely vegetarian. That
0: actually, I didn't struggle with my sit when I did 10 days. But when I went to serve it in December, I did really struggle with that. But I also did get concussed like a week before. So I wasn't really sure whether it was the vegetarian diet <laughs> and i was bloated all the time and then i was i was starting to get dizzy in the kitchen and i'm like fuck i think i've got to leave because i had to sit down during while we we're cooking yeah when you're serving you're cooking for everyone right i think day five or six i had to leave because
1: what's the story There, how did you get concussed before oh,
0: someone fucking
1: jiu-jitsu pulled,
0: no no it wasn't it was construction related. right construction someone pulled like, a sheet off a wall and and then just kind of threw it and hit me hit the, you yeah, yeah. shit
1: no way. No, man, uh, like Vipassana has been on my mind for like quite some time now. Mm. The, I guess the the biggest thing going into it that I want is a, a, a quite a strong meditation practice. A lot of people, I've got this one friend, right, like he's done 11 and he said to me, like, if I could give you one bit of advice, it's go in with a pretty strong meditation practice yeah, if you right. can, because it's a little bit more of a, a foundation to yeah. to walk upon. I guess the only thing that I would struggle with is, yeah, like not not eating meat for that amount of time. Mm.
0: But I also think you're not burning anything. Yeah, right. Sitting.
1: Yeah, you're sitting all day. Yeah, you're so you're almost just,
0: you know, you're fa and you're fasting from you're fasting from twelve o'clock till six o'clock the next day every day. Um, you definitely notice your bowel movements are fine, perfect, mm. if, a- if anything better. Um, and
1: do you think that's because you're in such a pure environment where, yeah. you, like the the outside the the stresses that we currently have within the world. You just yep. you're not attached to when you're in there.
0: I think there's a the, there's a degree of the waters. Obviously, it's rainwater, so you're not drinking it. Not that you would drink tap water anyway, but mm. you're fasting for like that eight hour eighteen hours. So your organs are resting, whilst you're already resting your mind, which is resting your body anyway. So True. you're just constantly your body's just completely relaxed, so it can actually do its. It can work properly.
1: Yeah, it can do its thing. Yeah, and it's it's actually it's a a nice call that they uh they you know I guess give give people rainwater because that's mm. been like such an interesting pillar to work with uh with people the the fact that the general public don't know the power of water the fact that it's actually like this cup in front of me like it's it's living mm. in some sense like that's what our body's made out of you know and it's it's cool that they recognize that
0: tap water I think's dead the
1: it's dead water. Yeah, every every cell in our body, every organ in our body, it requires a pH level of six and above. If you were to test tap water, so any type of tap water in Australia, it often come back with well, not only every chemical under the sun, chlorine, fluoride and things like that that are unnatural to the body, um, it would come back at around a five. So so very yeah. acidic. Yeah. Very acidic. The body doesn't even know what to do with it. Mm. But pure spring water, it's like it, it it makes sense in terms of nature. Like, it's it's how we live for God knows how many thousands of years. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'd say back to the meditation question, I probably, like, you know, I agree with you, mate, like, having a practice definitely allows you to go deeper, but the first time you're also learning the practice. Mm. So, it's like, if you were, you know, well-versed at Vedic, I don't know if it would have much of an impact on... In fact, what I would recommend is have, you know, be super disciplined leading up, like, if... If you have any cravings, like do the cleanse beforehand, yeah for sure that would then be if, good. if you're if you're you go in extremely disciplined and they say meditate for two hours without moving your back and you do it, then you're going to go deeper because if you what I noticed, the main thing that helped my practice is when my body's sore and I just just don't give in to the pain, I just observe the pain and eventually the pain leaves, and I just you know my legs are numb and I don't move my legs, they just stay and I just stay in one position.
1: Mm. And do you feel as though the semen retention helps?
0: I think so because, well, I mean, I'm noticing now, I'm probably two or three weeks in now, and I've noticed just my life like, improved dramatically in the last three weeks. And a mate of mine who's doing it, he's just, like, always messaging me, like, like I've am got more work on than ever and I'm tired but I can just keep going. if we like 20% more energy than normal. Yeah, and it
1: makes sense, yeah. man, because it's like in some sense when, you know, when if you're ejaculating all the time, in yeah. some sense you're giving away your energy. You know what I mean? As It'll, opposed to like you're building it and actually using that and turning yeah. that into some type of a creative force. So that, well, that makes if it, sense. If it takes
0: 65 days, I think it's 65, 66, to completely replenish your sperm. As a man, because you're normally just replenishing seminal fluid, you're not actually replenishing all your sperm. Mm. If it takes 65 days, then really you've got to kind of retain for 60 days to be fully charged up with your life force yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> well, you did a full year as well i did just about a year i did like three i think 333 days or something. 333 yeah. still
1: man you just got to claim that as a year yeah, yeah. at the end of the day so did you if if it takes 65 days then to fully replenish did you notice much difference then i, I
0: think 90 days is the go once you get to 90 days 90 days it's, yeah it's you, the cravings go away you've got you've got that energy it doesn't get better after that It's just mm. kind of is what it is after that.
1: and would you put it in comparison to like an ice bath in terms of like what it gives you long term like you know um, how you sit in the ice for like weeks on end where yeah. it might be an everyday practice or it might yeah, be yeah, like yeah. you know three, four days a week.
0: The ice bath is a very kind of it's like a a hit it's like a hit yeah it's like a almost like a drug. And then you're, you are good for a while and obviously it does have good effects. But mm. I feel like this is sustained. It's like even, so let's say two months ago, my alarm goes off. I'll just snooze it. Now it's like 4 a.m. I'm awake.
1: You're a snoozer.
0: Yeah. Like that's what <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, been, that's I what have been this, last like, this last like three, four months. And that's why I was like, fuck this. I need to get back on track. Yeah, so that's definitely. Why I, just, I committed to it again. That's cool, but man. But now I'm just noticing I'll just, I'll go to bed. Even later, like last night was 9.30, alarm went off at, it didn't actually go off. I just got up at 3.45.
1: And is that, is that your general wake-up time around that?
0: No, no. no. It's been like 5.30. 5.30, yeah. yeah, cool. But like all of last year, I was up at
1: 3.33. And what time are you going Like, if you're getting up that early, what time are you going to bed?
0: Last year, I was going to bed at
1: 8, 8.30. 8, 8.30, yeah, yeah. and just feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, there's something special, I think, about waking up before 6 o'clock. Mm. Yeah, it's like, uh, in Ayurvedic terms, I would say, like, it's, it's Vata time. In, in other words, like, the, the air is quite thin. You would know that even from, from going deep in towards meditation, right? Like, I notice a big difference. Like, if I'm meditating at 5 o'clock in the morning and the earth is still, or mm. in the southern hemisphere anyway, compared to, like, 6.30 and there's fucking cars and the birds are awake chirping outside, it's a tremendous difference.
0: Yeah. Tremendous I difference. I think 4 a.m., what did Wayne Dwyer used to get up at 4 a.m., mm. right? Because he reckons the, um, I don't actually, what he what he said exactly but i think it's where most of your downloads will come in then
1: yeah makes sense it makes sense I was meaning to ask you this before the podcast started but let's get into it now are you still training jujitsu? jitsu
0: i haven't since i moved i went to europe for a month in june okay and now i'm in harvey bay now you're in harvey when i get back next month I'll be yeah getting-
1: because you're uh you were training here in Nambour for a yeah, little bit yeah. weren't you yeah, yeah. cool no,
0: i do want to get back into it and i was looking at old videos i was like fuck i want to get back there yeah i need <laughs> to come
1: into the space it's uh, i actually just had my third session back Oh, yeah. uh, last Saturday, so it was nearly yeah. a year off the mats for me. You yeah, know what's right. cool as well? You are actually there at that competition when I yeah. I, I cracked my rib. Yeah. So actually, while we're on the podcast, have a feel. So that's how yeah, it sets right. now. Oh wow! Yeah, what well, it but, sticks out. Yeah, essentially, I guess for the public, they can they can see it through yeah. the shirt. <laughs> but what what
0: what actually um, like what happened? Your rib popped out.
1: Yeah. Well, um, ten seconds into the match, uh, the guy tried to pull guard. And he need me essentially straight in the chest. And I, I knew it straight away that my rib was fractured. I just didn't know to the extent and the severity. I didn't put my ego aside and I ke- I kept fighting. Um, and I'm talking about like pain 10 out of 10. Like if if no one was there, I, I would have been screaming. Um, yeah. any, anyone that's been through a rib injury before like that, they know that like it yeah. fucking hurts, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. like the most painful thing. You imagine like we have this diaphragm this breath that lives within us. And it unconsciously breathes 25,000 times a day. And that's having a direct impact on the intercostals and my seventh rib anterior where I, I'd broken at the front. Um, so 10 seconds into the match, um, he goes to the takedown, um, pulled guard, kneed me straight in the chest. And I was like, <gasps> felt Is that, like, Did you fall on his Yeah, head? yeah, literally. And I was like, Fuck. And I was like, that hurt a lot. And I was like, nah, I think I'm okay. Because, you know, adrenaline's going. And, like, you know, you got, I got my misses there. And I've got yeah. my whole team there. And I hadn't competed in, like, I, I think a good year or two. So it was like the nerves were up there as well. You know what it's yeah, like when yeah. you're competing. It's like jujitsu; It'll really wring those parts of yourself out of you. And I was like, I'm going to continue fighting. Uh, I'm yeah. going to see how I go. I was 6 nil down. And just getting... I was getting beaten bad, man. Um, Like, it was a competitive fight, but I walk into competitions thinking like this, this," you know, I've been training since 2009. Like, I I walk into competitions a lot of times thinking like, these guys have no right to beat me. Like, I've been doing this since I was like 17. Yeah. Um, I was 6-0 down with a minute and a half to go. I come back 5-6, 30 seconds to go. He locked up, I'd say like some type of a fake triangle just to, you know, Waste the time. time. Yeah, buy some time. And you know, looking back, I don't know why I fucking cared so much because I wouldn't have been able to fight in the finals anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And so the uh the buzzer went, the ref raised his hand. I looked over at my team and I was just like, Man, I was gutted. I was more gutted at like the loss than I was at the rib at the time because everyone had told me like, Oh, you'd be sweet like six to eight weeks, you you'll be back. Uh, went straight to the hospital. I was in hospital, you know what the fucking hospital's like. I was in hospital for about six hours until mm-hmm. 9.30 at night. See, C- You know, CT scan, uh, x-ray. Mm-hmm. They said, no, you're good. You don't have a fracture. You're good to go home. Don't need anything. Not that I would have taken anything anyway. I was in agony that night, man. I get a phone call the following day and they said, yeah, sorry, we missed it. You've got, um, you've <laughs> got a pretty big fracture. Um, three months goes by and I'm still like in a nine out of 10 pain. And I'm talking like, I'm not even close to getting back to Jiu Jitsu by last Christmas and I'm thinking what's going on like this is it's like my one love you know Jiu Jitsu like I I love it more than anything it's like my my thing you know and I went and seen a specialist and, and he was like no you've actually like damaged the cartilage so you're probably looking at three to six months worst case six to eight if it's really bad. Um, so what essentially happened was the, the costal cartilage that holds the seventh rib in place, it had moved three centimeters. So over the course of the match, it, it was essentially just getting worse and worse and worse. So this was the pain teacher teaching me a valuable lesson in, in, uh, in this regard. I actually had a friend message me the other day as well. He was mid-competition and cracked his rib. And he was like, yeah, man, but I, just, I stopped straight away. He's like, I just thought of you mid-match. <laughs> you know, Coach is screaming and he's like, nah, I've, I've, I've got to call it. And getting back on the mats, it was like I was saying to Jake the other day, um, in the space, it, it's been like going through the dark night of the soul the last the yeah, last right. twelve months. Yeah, it's um you know, it's funny. I I think sometimes in life when we look back we we like to think that the good times are the times that teach us. But I look at all the times I was travelling the world and when things were going wrong and, you know, matches and competitions when I was younger that didn't go my way, maybe, you know, like I think I had to compete for like the first ten competitions when I was younger from like seventeen to twenty two until I eventually won one. Mm. I think it's 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 always the, the hardships that teach yeah. us the most. And this was the biggest thing I'd ever been through in my life. This was like in some sense like a form of awakening for me like okay you're in this position like what the fuck are you going to do about it now yeah, yeah. and it taught me patience and it taught me the ability to surrender and it, it taught me the ability to to go within like i'm 31 now i've been training jiu-jitsu since i was 17 the path since breaking my rib essentially taught me well this is all you know this is all you have ever known now you have to sit in the quiet and sit in the darkness and go discover who you are without the very thing that you know more than anything. Mm. And so that's that's been the last 12 months. And and honestly, man, coming back, like when I put the gi on the other night, and I, I've trained both since, like gi and no gi, it, it, like it, no shit nearly brought a tear to my eye. Because really? I was like, oh man, like I went through it. Yeah. Like it's like you, you, you got to go through it. Like the only way out is through, you know. And I, I sat in a... You know, I think like a few months ago, um, I was in like a, a pretty dark place. Like back in May, and I was like, every six months, I get the calling to to go and sit with a psychic, like some type of plant medicine. Yeah. And so this was um, six grams of of mushrooms, so six grams of um, psilocybin mushrooms. Uh, partner had, had gone away for the weekend, so I had the place to myself. And and the four pillars that you learn when you're in Peru are, are a breath, posture. Ikaros, which is the ancestral spirit and intention. So what is your intention behind what it is that you're trying to do? Um, and I sat with myself and it took me about an hour to actually bear the courage just to get up. And it was the in May when the pink supermoon was on. And we live on the beach and I was like, fuck, if I could just work up the courage to walk towards that moon, towards that beach as the sun was setting. So I think I, I took them at four o'clock. Uh, generally takes about an hour to two hours to fully kick in and um the reason it's so important as well that you take those five to six grams and not dabble in the two to three grams in my opinion is because the ego is is totally dissolved Mm. yeah you you, you're completely in and the experience showed me the things that that i had to see I, i i it's almost like i had to go through that yeah, I had to go through that. And eight hours later, because that's really the journey that you're going on with an eight-hour experience. It's like you're going on your own hero's journey in that sense. You go discover and go see the things that you need to see. Yeah. Um, and so every six months I, I do that, generally one by myself and then one with, with my partner. It's like a, a check-in with each other. It's like it's back to the how we started the conversation with yoga. It's like a form of the truth. That's what psychedelics are in their purest form.
0: Did you... Meet her? Were you in Peru together?
1: No, we met. We we actually met in yoga teacher training. Oh, cool. Yeah, we met in yoga teacher training. And our first date was um, was actually quite a deep mushroom ceremony yeah. At in Kenilworth, just the two of us. And we've just kept it going ever since. It's um, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful experience. Like once you see and once the veil gets pulled back, it's like, like like now you've seen. You yeah. know, now you've seen. I can't imagine my life now without going on that it's the most difficult thing I I do nothing scares me more it's like I said to you before we jump in this podcast like I'm a little bit nervous but whatever happens happens psychedelics and before I go into ayahuasca or DMT or LSD or mushrooms is like uh, I'm petrified yeah I'm pet because I'm not in control yeah yeah I'm not in control (laughs) so what will be will be and what will be must
0: be that's interesting I don't think I. I mean I would say when I'm concerned about doing it i don't want to do it like i don't even have the desire to do it mm. but the times that i've done it i've been like really excited to do it but i do always have that in the back of my mind i don't know it is your ego just protecting itself because you're fucked absolutely <laughs> like, it's going yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> yeah it's um you know well i mean terence terence referred to it as food of the gods for a reason right mm. it's like like you, you're entering a world that we have we have no fucking idea about yeah no idea about yeah and so every time you go on peak it's like you have to give up a part of yourself and that's one thing i really try and instill in clients as well when they come and see me for all of the check work it's like like i can take you to where it is you intend to go but you need to give up a part of yourself and the more of yourself that you're willing to give up the more of yourself that will reveal itself within its truest form mm. so true Mm.
0: It's like truth in its essence. Have you ever um, dosed five grams and closed blindfolded yourself for the whole time? Mm,
1: Yeah, I have. I have. Uh, I was in Thailand. um, So I'd done cambo. I was training over there on a jiu-jitsu camp for a month. Um, at this point I was doing five in my life. So it was, it was a pretty cool life back then. Like I, I was single and, you know, two weeks working out in the oil and gas and then, and then two weeks flying, you know, Japan, Thailand, yeah, fun, yeah. like just wherever, you know, holidaying. And, um, I was over in, I'd taken some holidays and I was over in Thailand for a month and I was on a jiu-jitsu camp and I'd done cambo. So, uh, the five dots essentially through there yeah. where in the Amazon, you know, like they, they tie the frog. Mm. Up and essentially it, it secretes um this uh, s- this certain type of product where mm. then uh, a facilitator or a sham will, will burn holes in you, mm. and depending on your tolerance, like you have to drink like three liters of water beforehand, all of your glands and everything swell up, but it 's not psychoactive yeah, yeah. it 's not psychoactive um, so what happens on, on cambo yeah? <clears throat> maybe just a big realization yeah a big realize. this is actually a month before covid had hit in 2020 so I- i've only ever done the one cambo ceremony but a lot of people say like when you couple them up so you can do like a week six days off another ceremony six days so you're doing you know mm-hmm. one one over every three weeks that's when you get the big realization for me it was just like this total awareness and acceptance of like wow like i'm in thailand and I've created like a pretty good life for myself at this point, you know like i'm yeah, yeah like I'm training, I'm eating good food I'm, I'm happy in my life, um and the facilitator said to me, Would you like to do five grams?' Like, next week, I, th- I think you're ready. And I was explaining to her the story uh, after I was living in North America for a couple years. Uh, before I'd come home, I flew down to Vegas for a week to go watch the UFC fights for UFC 200. I went and did with my roommate at the time. I was about 24 or 25 back then. Five grams. And it, it, was, it was too much too soon. Yeah, yeah, far too much, far too soon. Um and it it gave me a bit of an a bit of an ass kicking because you know, like two years living in North America all through the state, Central South America, like we're, we're partying a lot, you know. So I wasn't ready to truly combine those worlds together yet. It was a little bit too soon. And by the time I I'd gotten to Thailand, uh would said, oh, "I think you're ready after the Cambo ceremony. I can feel it in your energy." And I was like, "You know what? Fuck it. Like I I think I am ready." And um, she's like, okay, we're going to put the blindfold on you and and we'll have the meditation music going on in the background. Um, We'll set the intention. They sage the room.
0: What, What was your experience like?
1: I've actually got part of it on film, which is pretty funny. Yeah, she actually videoed, I think, like going into it. But it's hard to put into words, like because every ceremony and every journey is so different. Like every, I look back to every ceremony, every journey I've ever been on, which is a lot now. It's like they all teach me valuable lessons at that point in, in, in my life. It's like, you you always get what you need. Yeah, you always get what you need. I'm actually, I'm going through a bit of a, a transformational process at the moment. So the hair after 11 years is coming off in, yeah, nice. in two weeks. Yeah, Shaving it, shaving the beard, um, going out bush next week for four days by myself. So yeah. that's going to be pretty cool. But um, what
0: are you doing just? on your own or hunting um,
1: or anything um, no um, nah, no hunting on my own just solitude um by the creek yeah i've got this epic spot essentially just just time to myself yeah it's been yeah. a big couple of years man like it's been a big few years i think like on this journey yeah. i just I, I, I think i just need to take like a few days just to yeah, just to be and and you know ever ever since like leaving my job and so taking that initial risk of doing yoga teach training, then you know I've finished my three years of check now becoming a check practitioner. Now I'm studying through anatomy training so I'm I'm certified to do three series bodywork through them, and it's just I think after while you need a little bit of time to recoup, and mm. and and that's okay. So so that's what I'm asking for, and um and and no doubt that's what I'll get. Um, but back to um back to the the mushrooms in mm. in in Thailand it was like out of all the experiences i've ever been on that's the one that was most beautiful to me and most symbolic because that was the one that sent me on the journey yeah after i'd gotten back from peru sitting with ayahuasca it took me about a full year to actually fully integrate everything yeah yeah a full year and a lot of people i think think like you go on these little spiritual excursions, and then you just change your life next week. It's like fuck, man. It, do you know how hard it is to like change aspects of ourselves?
0: Because you have to then integrate it to our life, and it's so easy when you're high to go, "Oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that." Oh, that's so easy. Like, but yeah. once you actually have to bring in the discipline and all the principles we spoke about,
1: fully, well, you have to you have to put yeah. it into action. Yeah, it's like it's like you called to action. There's too many people. When I was traveling the world, living at backpackers yeah. and here, there, and everywhere, they're, they're too up here. They're not grounded yeah, yeah. in reality. It's like that's cool man you've gone and seen but like what are you doing with that information now
0: when i first did ayahuasca there was it actually put me off it because everyone there was just like oh yeah man we um you know we did a ceremony last week and they're talking about what's the um tobacco thing you smoke rape oh Uh, you smoke rape no the one you put up you put up your nose yeah rape yeah yeah and then you know that it was it was like it was a drug for them It was like, yeah, come do this. And it's like really good for grounding. I'm like, I think you're, I don't think you're grounded. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was like, they were there to have the ayahuasca drug experience. Yeah, definitely. Not the, I don't know. I, even the next time I kind of, it was a different place and I got, it was a two day ceremony and, I got more out of it but I still kind of was like I can do I can eat five grams on my own and sit on the beach and I'll get more out of it.
1: Literally, yeah. yeah, literally. It's a massive I think it's the the well when you when you talk to shamans over there, right, it's like they say that's one of the biggest pillars. It's like it's not about actually going and doing, it's actually the integrating afterwards. It's like mm. that's the biggest thing. Like like you you're ex, you're experiencing like one of the most psychoactive plants in the world, you know, like like the, especially like when you go to where did you do your ayahuasca ceremony? Um, past Noosa. Past Noosa, Okay, because yeah. that's the only thing that I say to people is like, Peru within itself is like the motherland, right? Yeah. So it's like when you go to the Sacred Valley and when you go to the Amazon, it's like you, you f- it's it's an energetic container. Like yeah. you, like you you feel that it's 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 different. Like it it's different. It's a hell of an experience. Like it's a hell of a ride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I um I did the heroes journey once on my own I didn't do the full five hours because I went to the beach watched the sunset and then I just kind of shut my eyes for like the next three hours I think and it was definitely the best I remember I was laying on the beach crying about something I can't remember what it is right now but yeah
1: yeah yeah do you remember so did you what was the process with you did you pick the mushrooms yourself
0: yeah yeah and then just I think I made a tea yeah, made
1: of mushroom tea. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you know it's generally quite potent as well. Like when you yeah. drink it, it's, I think because your gut doesn't have to, you know, like digest it essentially. It's just liquid yeah. form. So it's just coming straight through. That was the experience that I was, I was talking about when I was over in Canada, where it was like we made, it was like 12 grams between myself and my friend. And, um, it was 20 minutes. And all, well, I remember looking in the mirror, my eyes were like this and I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, we're on, and then um, yeah, just just too much too soon. But for you, would you say because it's funny, man? Like when you talk to people about psychedelics, like most people rate it within. It, well, you know, I'm not a parent, but people talk about it to the same extent of like it's the same spiritual experiences as like you know having having their first child. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's it's massive.
0: I would say. Things that have, like, impacted my life the most. Like, early stages would have been Zenko and yoga and that, mm-hmm. but also mushrooms. Yeah. And then later on, it was well, it was definitely Vipassana. Yeah. But then mushrooms again. Yeah. Um,
1: Such a similar experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's um, always integrated. Like, the one, like, Vipassana, obviously, you go deep within yourself, but it's different. You can't, like, people... try and correlate meditation and psychedelic experience it's completely different i think Mm. um like you don't really hallucinate when you're meditating
1: yeah definitely did you back to the yoga for a second did you did you ever have the inkling to do your yoga teacher training under lauren
0: not really i had a mate who did it i think he did it under her i didn't because i never i knew i never wanted to teach it Mm. i was going um i was going like seven days a week Right, yeah. So yeah, you were living, yeah. you you were living and breathing it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I remember the twenty, remember the twenty eight day challenge this Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Like, yeah. see how many yoga classes you can yeah, get yeah. in in that period of time. You know what's funny though, man? Like, like most people that go through the yoga teach training, it's actually yeah. just for them. It's it's not so they can teach. Yeah, yeah. I would say out of the twenty six people that we had in the class, it was like I could probably name on one hand like the amount of people that actually went and taught. Yeah. Right. Like most people actually just just did it for themselves.
0: I guess I was heading down to the Gold Coast after that. I knew I was going to study architecture, so I didn't. Mm. It wasn't really on my radar to study anything else. Yeah, that's fair yeah, man. that's interesting.
1: Yeah. What about back then? Did you have like certain teachers that you were were drawn to in terms of like well, Lauren yeah. would have been? Yeah. Uh, at, did, well,
0: I mean, online ones or like like well, like Alan st- Watson's that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, like at, at, or even at the studio, you know.
0: Um, all oh, teachers, like yeah. yoga teachers. Yeah. Um, I think you meant spiritual teachers. Well, both. Yeah. Oh, who was it there was i think was it sue was she a yin teacher yeah she's so she, she's
1: still doing a bit of teaching she yeah is,
0: yeah i i can't really remember but i remember just liking lauren because like i'd spend the time afterwards after class talking to her mm. about like i'd have a question would come up yoga and you know, she was like the mentor of yoga. So I'd just ask her, you know what I mean? <laughs> she but. did
1: that, man. She just did that for, for so many people. It's like she just gave her time willingly, yeah. you know, so willingly. Like, And same thing for me. So many times, you know, I'd be in one of her classes and the class would finish and it would be like, her and Ryan, which is like her partner who, who now yeah. own, owns Zenco, and myself, and, an hour would go by and we'd just be talking about anything. Yeah. And you realise she was actually just like
0: a life coach in its purest yeah. form, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know,
1: but just not selling it. Yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> I remember I called her about it. I can't remember. I've called her about a few things like during those, um, like few years after I left Zenko. Like just like some problem would come up with something and I remember she'd, I think it was actually a relationship thing because she had the whole thing with her husband who moved back to Melbourne. Yeah. And then I remember her saying something and then it just kind of triggered when I went through a breakup or something. I called her for a chat and
1: <laughs> yeah. She was, uh, yeah, she, just so so giving with her time. I, I swear to God, man, it's like I think about it all the time but like yeah. I literally travelled the world in my 20s, right? Like I met thousands of men and women mm. and I, I never met anyone like Lauren. Yeah. I never met anyone like Lauren. Like she was... Yeah I, I remember when the news hit I remember one of the the senior teachers called me I was at corrective um we were putting up some lights and it was just like the whole world had come down mm. yeah like the whole world had come down and even the energy like it the the private funeral it was it was just different mm. it was just different it's like you just don't meet too many people that leave that type of mark mm. on on other people and on their community it's like yeah. like like she did Her life justice. She definitely
0: had an impact on the community, I'd say.
1: Mm. Like just everyone knew her.
0: You know Charlie as well, don't you? Yeah, of yeah. course,
1: yeah. So she did the full programme uh yep. under me. So she was working yeah. with me for about three months. Yeah. I right, think exactly. actually just before she uh jumped on, on the potty as well.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, she's had she came on um wasn't in this studio, but yeah. I remember we talked about we spoke about the pill, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah old school.
1: So yeah, no, she's a she's a legend.
0: I wanna uh, um hear the integration with Czech now. Oh yeah. Yeah. With with yoga out.
1: and check, yeah. right. So so I was, still, I was still teaching yoga right up until about two months ago. Mm. Um, but my rib really set me back. Like like once the rib injury happened with jiu-jitsu, I, I'd stopped practicing. I, I literally just couldn't. Even just doing a standard like Sun Cell A, it was too much extension for that part of the cartilage at, at that point. When I first started studying Czech, the idea for me was my intention behind doing yoga teach training was clearly to become a yoga teacher. My intention behind... Check the Czech Institute was studying Czech for three years, was never to become a Czech practitioner. It was just for myself. Yeah. I ended up tying the two worlds together just due to opportunity. When Jake and Cal were expanding corrective into the new facility at Kiwana, it was like, well, how can I say no? Mm. Um, so I was already teaching yoga and I was about a year in at that stage and I was like, fuck, okay. So I've not only got to teach yoga, I've got to teach People about themselves because that's the biggest that's it that's the biggest gift that we really give people i think when that when they come in and see us it's like you're really just teaching people about themselves so how corrective holistic exercise kinesiology really ties into yoga is for me yoga is like the first step so when people first come to see us after we we give them an initial assessment it's like where are they flexibility wise do they have the flexibility Um, to create stability within a particular joint like i was saying before where most people that and i have a lot of yoga people um Mm -hmm. that come in and see me now um where most people come unstuck is is they just stay at the yoga part they just stay at the flexibility the stretching part they need to go so far beyond that yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's like the first the first phase um it took me a very long time to work that out that like human beings where there's six primal patterns. So an individual needs the ability to push, pull, bend, lunge, twist, squat, and gait. And if they can't do that, that's when problems arise. So it's like you think of the average person now, man, it's like we sit too much. We – we drink fucking tap water. We, you know, most people are on their phones until 11 o'clock at night. We're not getting enough sunlight. It's like the, the list goes on. Um, so everything that we currently do, it, it really ties back to nature and it ties back to like the individual in its purest form. It's like organic food, getting eight hours sleep. Like they're like non non-negotiable universal principles. That's the way that I explain it to people. And so I've been doing that now for the last couple of years and the last 12 months I've, I've been tying more uh, of the anatomy train. So they're like fascial slings that essentially like govern and dictate the body's movement. So we have like, if I use superficial back line, for instance, it's like start, it's fascia that starts at plantar fascia, the bottom of our foot runs off gastroc and soleus which is back of the calf back of the hamstring upper rectus spinae, suboccipitals and then finishes the epicranial at the top of the head so it really shows these in these dissections that thomas myers has done it shows the interconnectedness of the body so now i guess like because i am my business in some sense like when people come and see me it's like i try and decide what hat i need to wear to best suit them as to like why they're paying me Um, so yeah, I've really been diving into like the, the hands on work as well. I've, I've been getting heaps of results, um, with, with that type of modality. It's, it's, it's a, a joint effort, I guess you'd say, where it's like, I'm feeling the tissue and I'm feeling certain knots and adhesions in, in that part of the person. But it's not just a knot, it's not just an adhesion, it's like that's part of the individual's unconscious and they need to get that out so they can be Mm. liberated free, if that makes sense. And if... Is that sort of kinesiology or... It's a... I wouldn't say you, because in the U.S. it's a different form of kinesiology. They they oh, okay. more so do like muscle testing. Yeah, yeah. The, it's more so like myofascial release
0: techniques. Right.
1: I guess you would say. Yeah. yeah, which is like full body. Like when people come, so in it's and, not
0: emotional storage.
1: It's it? it's not. But I I don't believe you can have a posture without a related emotion involved. Yeah, I, I believe the two are too interlinked. It's like I can't treat the physical without treating the mental and emotional. I can't treat the spiritual without. It's like all of the four um beings of wellness, they all really tie in together. It's yeah. like it's like that is that is the person. Yeah. And that that's why it's like I think what we're currently doing, it it's gonna be such a big thing in the next 10, 15 years because like where do you go for that type of work? Mm. You know, like it's like it's it's not really it's not really heard of. Like you know, I'd done my knees and things at jiu-jitsu and I'd gone and seen the top physios and specialists and everyone under the sun and no one had spoke to, to me about water, collagen, bone broth, just yeah. like basic, basic principles, yeah. you know, and they're just lost. So so could you do anything about your rib with what you know or not really? No, I actually couldn't, yeah. I, and, and that's, fuck, that's hard for me to say. <laughs> like I, I rehab people for a living and it's like I, I, I couldn't even... I couldn't even help myself. Yeah. I couldn't even help myself because it was time. Yeah. Yeah. The universe was saying to you, you must sit still. Yeah. Yeah. And you will sit still. And that's just, that's what I had to do. And it's cool now, man, because it's like, it taught me empathy. Like it taught me the ability to relate more to clients. Like when I have clients coming in now with, you know, maybe they've got a disc bulge, spine issues, you know, knee, shoulder, hip, whatever it is under the sun, neck. It's like, I've, I've been through that. You know what I mean? Like I've been through that long, torturous journey of what it's like to sit still, when you feel as though you're never going to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, you feel as though you're never going to get out of it. So, yeah, it's been it's been cool. It's um, I'm definitely I'm definitely on the other side of it now. So
0: that's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Till next comp.
1: <laughs> Till next comp. Yeah, well, I'm actually due for um. I mean, we'll see what ends up happening, but I'm I'm four stripe purple now, so it's yeah, like. Cool. Brown belt snacks whether that's end of this year or next year whenever it is it's like yeah it's it's a promise that i made to myself when i was a 17 year old boy and it's like i i have to stick to it like a, a, i won't die until i get my black belt you yeah, know like okay. i can't i can't quit it's um i'm too far in now Yeah, yeah i'm too far yeah. in
0: Would you say you're over halfway or would you say the last part's the... Yeah, I'm well over halfway. Yeah, Yeah, well over
1: halfway. Because they pretty much say by the time you get your purple belt, most people say getting your purple belt's really the hardest belt because that's the belt that you go and discover yourself. That's where it's like you trial the new techniques. You know what I mean? It's like, you you know, you're not quite beating the brown belts and the black belts, but, you know, maybe you're mopping the floor with the blue belts and the white belts. So it's like, you're in that intermediate phase. Like, I'm at the end of my purple belt now. And, and, you know, I I do really well against other purple belts, but that's time on the mats also. It's like, I'm devoted. Like, I just think a lot of the time, like, it's hard to, like, I live and breathe all of these you know, holistic principles. So it's like that translates directly to the mat. It's yeah. like if I'm drinking clean water, I'm thinking clearly. Because if you think of jujitsu, it's just a game of chess at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a game of chess. So, You, yeah, you play man, chess? I do. Remember we played? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you're actually, still playing? I am. Yeah, heaps now actually, heaps. Yeah, yeah. We, we played almost daily in the gym just to either buy time, connect with each other, it just keep it keeps you thinking and keeps you guessing. Yeah, it's almost like there's been a chess resurgence. Yeah, like in the last twelve months, it's like more people are playing like now than ever. Yeah. Um. But I purposely haven't uh like logged on online and everything like that and got a rating because I just think fuck I'll be on that thing like constantly. That's me. Is every, that you? Or yeah.
0: Every night or when I get home, I just want to. Just relax and play fucking chess. But you know what I've noticed? I notice if I play in the mornings I'll win. If I play at nighttime, I fucking lose all the time because I'm just tired and like end of the day and I don't think straight. I don't know
1: about you, but when I lose, well, of course it pisses you off, right? But like, it's almost like, fuck, I want revenge. And then so I'll play even shitter the next game and then shitter the game after. And it's like, what am I doing? It's eight o'clock at night. I'm ready to grab my phone and throw it across the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And here I am trying to calm down. (laughs) Telling all my clients, like, you know, get off your phone by seven o'clock, put it on airplane mode and put it in another room, you know? You're not sleeping over
0: (laughs) checkmate. No, (laughs) not at all. Good journey. I didn't actually expect half that stuff to come out of your mouth. So that's I good.
1: didn't either, man. I didn't either. It's <laughs> the, I think it's like the power of conversation, right? Yeah. I think that's what we said before we started. So like, let's just see where today goes. Well,
0: I didn't, I mean, I probably have heard, but I didn't really realize the connection with Lauren. I thought you did yoga and you just went and worked there. I didn't realize you learnt under Lauren.
1: Yeah, I learned directly under girl. Lauren. Yeah, yeah. Which is just... Yeah, it's it's I guess it's just something I'll never forget. Like I was yeah, extremely, extremely close to her. Yeah, like yeah, sure. very close to her. I spent a, a lot of time with her and particularly her f- her final two years on Earth. So yeah, feel feel special to
0: just to have had that experience. Do mm. you still keep in contact with the family?
1: Whenever I see Ryan and the girls, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um but not as much. Yeah. I guess like life, like in some sense like it, it goes on, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, I was teaching it in another another studio as well. I just, I don't know if, it's hard for me to say because I spent so much time in that world and like yoga was my life for for so long. But I I don't know if I'll go back to it now. Like I I feel as though my life has moved beyond that and, and I'm okay and I've come into acceptance of that. Yeah. Yeah, for a long period of time it was like I was, you know, taking on all of these clients, doing the anatomy train stuff, in the yoga space and in the Czech system, we say to people, you're everywhere and nowhere at the same time, like where are you putting your energy? Mm. It's like there's a description when you go and do HLC two under Joe Rushton where it's like the river of life and it's like, well, you've got your social life, relationships, family, friends, and then at the end of the river and there's nothing left. Mm. And so it's like the the description that the picture is really trying to tell you is that Choose wisely with, with where you would like to spend your time. Mm. So I can't say never. I think what I'm more drawn to, if I'm honest, is going and doing my 300 hours in India at some point.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: really drawn
0: to that. Is that another 300? Yeah. Or you get, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: so that's another 300. So I've done, and I've done my advanced training through uh, yoga teach training as well, um, which was incredible. Because after I finished, I just thought, I just wanted to keep keep the learning keep the information coming in but yeah that's i think that's like that's probably next i think like in the in the coming years i'm not sure when i just don't know if i'll teach again i feel as though that i've i've just i've had that experience yeah, I've had that experience and what you get paid and not that it's ever, it's never about fucking money, okay? It's not like you don't become a yoga teacher for money. It's like you do it for all of the other benefits of like guiding people and you know, everything like you were saying before, yeah. like, like you know, you didn't pay Lauren for those conversations. She just yeah. did it out of the goodness of her heart. You put a lot of time and energy and effort into like preparing for a class trying to work out okay how many students have i i got in the room what you know where's their level at with with where i can guide the class what's the theme of the class so tying back into like you know the yamas and the yams and that's only one like that's only one element yeah. um that we can draw upon it's like yeah there's a, a lot of time energy and effort that goes into it and i i can't see myself going back to that anytime soon and and, and i'm and i'm cool with that because it's like i had that experience you know
0: i haven't gone back to yoga, not that I, not for any particular reason. I, I still do my, you know, I know different poses and I just do them from time to time, but it's not really like in a flow or anything. Mm. Um, how, but how, yeah, wh- I feel like it stepped me into meditation and then, um, yeah, what was your question?
1: I was just about to say, what was your decision to leave yoga?
0: Oh, well, I think it was just when I moved to Goldie. First <laughs> of the Gold Coast didn't, I had a studio, I didn't really like it that I went to and then I just got busy. Yeah. Came back. I did sign back up. It's a Zenko blah, blah. Yeah. Um, the whole studio actually, Pottery Studio, all had a membership there. Cool. When they first opened.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it was, I used to live near Kawana too. And it was just, it's just things like that. Like, it's like I move out of Nambor and Jiu-Jitsu then changes.
1: Bedina was a vibe, man. Yeah. Bedina was a vibe. It's like the amount of people that I've met on the Sunshine Coast. Because I think because that was Zenko's first studio as well and so many original yoga teachers like come through there um it i don't know just had a certain certain energy to it yeah i taught my first class in that studio as well Yeah, cool. (laughs) maybe that's why maybe that's why so
0: yeah you i think i went to ask it earlier so you hadn't really meditated before yoga but if you say i'm one of your clients and i come in and you can tell i'm a highly stressed person that doesn't meditate but i'm also scared to you know sit with myself Mm. or you know i don't know what it will be like so you know people are intimidated by meditation they are it's not something that i i mean i suppose if i think back i probably was originally intimidated but then as you go through the process and you stop kind of talking to people who are also not meditating at that, like you just don't bring the conversation up, you forget that people are intimidated by it. Mm. Um, and I think that's what this this whole podcast and the journal that we have is, you know, find stillness in all areas of your life, which is essentially what you're teaching. I think um, the whole journal that we created with Stillness Every Day was, you know, to integrate, or to um, begin your journey of meditation because there's, you know, just daily gratitude and just writing. I think writing actually was one of the main things last year that I did a lot of um that definitely helped me and especially you know you have a trip and i don't know if you've ever written when you're on mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're not they're not together actually what i did once is i voice recorded it and it just
1: yeah voice recording might yeah it might, might be, be a good. little yeah a little bit better
0: but we're getting we're getting off topic what would you what would you say you would um recommend to someone who wants to start meditation but they're afraid of it
1: start with candlelight meditation start with your eyes open yeah Start a good idea. Start where you can. If it's if it's thirty seconds a day, start with thirty seconds a day. If it's in the company of other people because you're too afraid to shut your eyes and go within, then so be it. Start there. Start where you can,
0: but start. But what what will you? What would you suggest they do? Like in your meditation, what would be a meditation you would begin with if you're a beginner?
1: Counting, because everyone can count. That's true yeah counting just just observe the breath mm. just put on a soundtrack put on go to a place that you love the beach certain part in nature a park a bedroom in your house maybe the patio outside have your dog your cat present anywhere where you find comfort before you go into the
0: discomfort that cool. that would be that would be my tip I think counting is probably a good idea to to concentrate your mind because, mm-hmm. like, if you are thinking crazy, if you begin to count, or you know, there is probably mantras that you can, or you can focus on your breath. I think doing things like this, you start to concentrate your mind to get the clutter out, and then the truth starts to come up. Mm. Um, so, I think it's a good idea. Opening your eyes is actually probably not a bad idea at the start, but. Eventually all these things are distractions in the they, end. So they are. you eventually want to shut your eyes and you eventually not want to count because you're like you're becoming reliant on the mantra, or you're Absolutely. becoming reliant on the counting yeah. or the visualizing. Um, which is where at Vipassana we start with Anapana, which is observing the breath, because it's the one universal thing that Christians, Muslims, atheists all have in common is mm-hmm. we all have the breath. Um, so like you don't imagine you're God and I don't, you know count and everyone's doing something different we all have breath and we can all observe it to concentrate our mind
1: absolutely and then
0: once you start to concentrate your mind you start to then observe sensations arising in your body because your mind's quiet enough to then feel
1: Mm, absolutely Uh, yeah i love that i just think at the end of the day it's like you 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 just you, you start where you can and meditation as well it's like it's it's difficult at the start i've never met anyone who is like that was that was easy. I'm going to yeah. do that again. And if if they do say that, it's like are they actually doing it correctly? Or are they slightly. actually keeping their their mind still? Yeah, yeah. But the further you go into it, the more that it will eventually reward you. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's just a connection to you. Mm. It's like it's it's just you in there. Like, what are you afraid of?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think I see this a lot. Like I see this in actually a mate recently. Like they go through a breakup and then you resort to drinking it's like the the drinking the drink is purely to escape what's going on inside absolutely so you're prolonging the inevitable or maybe you'll never deal with it. maybe you'll just become you know more and more and more reliant on the drink or whatever it is you're doing to distract yourself those initial cravings we spoke it could just it could be sex like maybe you just are addicted to sex and then your way of dealing with that relationship is to go to the brothel or whatever mm. there's always that one thing that you're trying to get away from and the more you suppress it and push it away with other stupid things, the longer it's going to be there and the less you can't... What was that thing you said where well, you have to get rid of something to open up new...
1: Oh, I can't, I'd have to... I'd yeah. have to re- <laughs> I was or in when, the flow of the when moment. When your
0: client wants to... Um, like if you want to grow, you have to get rid of the Oh, money. you have to let go. You have to
1: let go. You have to leave what you know in search of what you don't.
0: Exactly. You have to leave your alcohol and just sit with whatever shit you've got to get rid of, work through it and then abundance is created
1: absolutely you know there's another saying for that as well it's it's like the chickens always come home to roost see the the idea behind that is you either deal with the emotions now you deal with the emotions later either either way you 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 have to deal with the emotions and that ties into like what i was saying before where the only way out is through Mm. where it's like like you must go through what it is you're feeling yeah it's like we have this saying
0: um i thought it was you only i guess you got to go through but the one i know is the only way out is in Got to go in first, probably then to go through. Yeah, that's it, that's
1: yeah. another way to. Yeah, that's that's another way to put it as well. Yeah, that's another way to put it as well. It's just necessary, I think, in today's day and age for almost every human being. Mm. With like like like, when I look around, I, I see like how anxious, how depressed, like where people are currently at. It's like just just find five minutes a day, mm. just find five minutes a day to try and sit still and be, and you'll be surprised at how much you can grow from that type of experience.
0: Even breathing, I know there's, I've got a few, I've forgotten what they are exactly, but on the meditation, on the when you scan on the journal, mm. one of them's literally just breathing. I think you breathe slowly in and then you hold for just about as long as you can and then you exhale and you hold on the exhale and just breathe in again and you just keep holding for your maximum, your limit mm. and it's super relaxing because you're one, you're observing your breath, two, you're seeing, you're, you're expanding your lung capacity and you're just holding, and you're being con- you're conscious with your breath, so you're actually playing with it.
1: Well, we're only just starting to discover the power of the breath. In, uh, I'm sure you've been into the space and seen the totem pole before, but essentially at the top, like when we're working with people, like the psyche, the soul, um, the dharma, like the person in its purest form sits at the top, and second on the totem pole is respiration or breathing. And so we often teach people three minutes without the breath, and this is a hierarchy of control, three minutes without the breath, Three days without water, three weeks without food. Mm. So when people automatically try and change their life, it's like they go sign up and they try and get a gym membership, Mm. change their food, might change their water, but they don't change the relationship to their breath. So the first thing that we assess when you're coming in and seeing us, it's like it's does the individual have the ability to use the diaphragm completely? I was learning in anatomy trains the other day. um, It's estimated that we only use 10% Of our diaphragm. Yeah, wow. Do you know how crazy that is? So how would you use more? Uh, Fascially, you would have to untie or unstick. Oh, wow. Yeah, any parts that are holding it together. And then you just teach the individual to breathe laterally, breathe posteriorly into the back of the ribs. Everyone has the capability to like breathe anteriorly, but it's like, can they breathe fully? If you imagine if if you have like a balloon, instead of just it inflating at the front, can it inflate equally? Yeah, right. All around. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Everyone can try this at home.
0: I always play, I didn't know you could do that, but I do always play around with where the breath can go in my body.
1: Two thirds into the belly, one third into the chest. Yeah.
0: I just did, like, that's the reason I said two minutes late because I was sitting in my car doing breath work. Really? After the, <laughs> oh, I got up, I was on site at four and then I drove three hours and I was sitting there, I was like, fuck.
1: I'm oh, fine. did you drive from, from up north today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, okay, yeah, so big day.
0: I, I was um, like, fuck, I'm not hyped up for this. So yeah, yeah. I sat there, I did my breath, then I did some Wim Hof and then, and then I ran down here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> then you're good to go. <laughs> but that's literally, but that's it, right, like, I was conscious that I wasn't feeling that good like this is if you're depressed or you're you know you're not feeling well because you didn't sleep last night because you're thinking about your ex or whatever you can just change your state like that you can yeah you can and e- like everyone has that capability
1: and power and it's fucking free yeah
0: literally <laughs> you know i, what I went I mean? to go like buy, free. i went to buy a coffee and i thought by the time i go there line up and come back it'll be quicker for me to do breath work so i sat in the car
1: literally yeah literally and it's something that you have with like within you at all times mm. like literally it's like just sit be and become observant. We have this thing, uh, myself and my partner, we've been doing it for, oh, would be well over a year now. It's like clearly no cool white, you know, down lights or anything in the house. It's just like lamps. I'm talking like mood lighting of a nighttime candle lit dinner because everything we try and do is, is sacred. It's like try and make the small things
0: sacred. It sounds like our dinner. In
1: Yeah, in life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, my um, partner's a yoga teacher as well. Cool. So maybe, yeah, I mean... What what you explained is exactly what we.
1: Similar values, yeah, similar values. And what we do before each meal, it's like sit up nice and tall in your chair, like this. Crown of the head shoots towards the ceiling. Three deep breaths. Inhale through the nose. Exhale via the mouth. Two more times. In through the nose. final time that is how you become present with the food that is in front of you
0: it also would probably help get your digestion system moving it does man it does it
1: allows you to drop in how many times do we see people like eating lunch on the go, smashing brekkie in a coffee before they jump in the car and go fucking sit in traffic to their dead-end job that they hate mm-hmm. to go be stressed all day? Bring everyday awareness and and stillness into your life. Mm-hmm. That's like, that would be my number one recommendation.
0: I had to... um the, the concreters gave me <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing already and I don't even know the story <laughs> he's like can you go to the um, he's like can you go to shops for me I was like fuck uh, I thought he wanted batteries because yesterday he said I bet my laser goes flat during it I'm like I'm not fucking buying you batteries because yesterday you said you should have got them when we talked about it anyway he's like no no I just want you to get me some um, um, some pies for the boys and a six pack of V and what are they called I don't even remember what they were called here's 40 pack of smokes I forget what they were <laughs> <laughs> and My- then, so, uh, he's, I can't remember Bond Street Classic, I think it was. And then I they did oh, fuck. They didn't have a six pack of V's, like so two V's. Instead, <laughs> I got him a ten pack, ten pack of water and three three wraps instead of the pies. <laughs>
1: I love that thing that you put up the other day. It's like uh, people that eat breakfast at the BP Servo. Yeah, that was me this morning. I was
0: buying it. You guys
1: okay? Yeah. Everything all right at
0: home? I was literally at the Servo (laughs) buying them all breakfast (laughs) at like 5 (laughs) a.m. And I felt like such an idiot because I didn't know I didn't know all this like, and I didn't even know what pie to order. I've never ordered a pie, like I just never bought a pie. So if they said buy pie, I'm, I'd just stand they there going, "Fucking what pie do I buy?" Like, <laughs> all
1: these different flavors that just aren't like, I, I need
0: a blue V, and I'm looking. I'm like, the green one. There's Only fucking green one here. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, like, it's a different fake, world. It's a
1: different world, man. It's a di- like, and it's 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 nice on the other side. I'll say yeah. that much. Yeah,
0: but like this is like we're. One of the guys went fishing and he, he got Big Red Emperor and a bunch of fish and he's like, oh, we'll do a cook-up. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet, whatever, like you can come around. So I cooked it all and only he turned up out of the five or six of them. One of them was just like happy to go get a pie and stay there and like we have all this fresh reef fish. We had a sick meal last night, like just unlimited fish and octopus. That's sick. And he's come and I was like, I can't believe they just still, because they were sleeping on site because they were pouring early. I'm like, I can't believe he's just down there when you could be eating all this fresh reef fish.
1: Not yeah, not not comparable in <laughs> yeah. terms of life force energy.
0: You yeah. know, like that's what
1: sustains you for the following day. I think people lose that relationship uh, over the course of time. Like what you put in your mouth has a direct correlation to how it is you feel and how it is yeah. you interact with the world. Like nothing more, nothing less. Yeah,
0: exactly. it's a great way to finish it I think Jake Jake said something on the end of the podcast last week I was like that's a great way to finish it so we'll wrap it up at that thank you very much for coming on it's awesome to see what you're doing at Corrective Culture and yeah Corrective you guys are just going to continue to grow change the world as you my man thank you thank you (laughs)